the road to recovery. You might be cruising down it. A friend or family member lost on it. Or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hello. Hello. Welcome to this week's episode of Relevant Recovery Radio. We're partially here. (laughs) We're your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Yep. And uh, thank you for tuning in and listening today. This show is sponsored by the Matthews Hope Foundation. Sure is. And so I'm excited to tell you about some cool uh, new services that we're offering at our wellness clinic and outpatient clinic. For every new appointment, they're going to give out $1,000. No, you can't say that on the radio. Oh, so, listeners, I was just, just kidding. know anything Donnie says is a lie. <gasps> That's a strong word. You're a liar. Oh my God. <laughs> you just lied. No. That was a joke. You just made, but people don't know that oh. everything out of your mouth is a joke. Every new visit, <laughs> no. you get a house. No. So listen, uh, we're currently uh, moving our detox location. So that's in works. Um, but we are really building up some awesome services in our outpatient clinic. Um, and so we're offering mental health counseling. We're offering uh, IASIS microcurrent neurofeedback and peer support, recovery support services to begin with right away. And so if you or a loved one would like any information, you can give us a call at 844-AND-HOPE. That's 844-263-4673. Or you can visit our website, matthewshope.org, and you can learn all about what IASIS microcurrent neurofeedback is. It's been very successful at um, in clinical trials for anxiety, depression, mild TBI, PTSD, and so we're excited to expand our services. What? Wait a minute. What? Okay, so the detox for right now, as you guys transition, yeah, is we're transitioning shut down the detox. Yeah, correct. While you transition uh-huh. the detox, but your outpatient is still open. Yep, that is correct. Okay, and all so right. You can so give us people call. can call Candy Pants and make an appointment. They can call Candy Pants. So you can call the eight four four number eight four four and hope. And if you call that number, press two extension two is for the outpatient. Yeah, and uh, or you can call Candace directly at three four six nine eight zero thirty five thirty. She's our outpatient manager, and she can tell you all about the services that we offer there. And and then they can make IASIS appointments online, right? Is that on the MHDRP? No, that's on the MatthewsHope.org. MatthewsHope.org. If you go to MatthewsHope.org, there's a button that says something like Schedule Now. Oh. And it's a quick link, and uh, and it takes you right to our appointment calendar, and you can pick between Christian counseling and IASIS, IASIS only, recovery support appointments, and then you can choose to book with me or Nick or Candace. If you suffer from anxiety, sleep deprivation, if you suffer from uh, food issues, tinnitus, like there is a long list, and I can tell you because... I'm a broken human being who <laughs> suffers from so many things at times. Mm-hmm. And IASIS really improved a ton in my life. And so I'm lucky in that I'm married to someone there. So I get to go get it when I want. Yeah. Um, but I'm telling you, uh, you should try it if you suffer from any of those things because it's a, just a natural way. It really blows people There's away. There's no pills. It's not intrusive. No, no, no. It doesn't hurt you. But the... The feeling, I remember leaving my first appointment, the feeling of just 
you called me and said that you felt euphoric oh and my so gosh. peaceful. And I just remember like wondering if you were lying just to make, you know. Somebody could have crash up derbied me on the way home and it wouldn't crash have bothered me. Crash derbied you? Yeah, they could have crash up derbied me on the way home and it wouldn't even have bothered me. <laughs> I mean, I did. I felt euphoric. It was amazing. And so we we treat uh, a variety of clients, We all ages, even mm-hmm. uh Teenagers, young kids, they, sometimes they come in if they have ADHD, uh, autism, they come in and get IASIS. And can we tease what could be going on at the outpatient or we shouldn't tease no, that? Leave it All alone right, we're going to wait. We're not going to tease it. Wait for the <laughs> teaser of the teaser. <laughs> Give me some time to work on that. Um, well, listen, we are. But what I wanted to oh, say is that yeah. there's just so, you're right, there's so many reasons someone might want to come and try IASIS. Because it, it's not just but, drugs and alcohol. No, no, no. I haven't had drugs or alcohol in my system in 10 years, we, and it benefits me. We have a wonderful client who comes to us regularly, and he came uh, to get mobility back after a double stroke on both sides of his brain, and he had a lot of mobility and speech issues, and, and now it's so much improved. He can get up, he can walk, he doesn't need a walker or a cane. His so it's basically rebuilding his neural pathways. Yes, yes. And so it helps with insomnia, um, brain fog. Uh, there's just so many. I so, you say brain fart. I mean, if it helps with that, <laughs> no, sign me up. You still have that. Okay. Speaking of that, we should tell him what you did this morning. Well, first... <laughs> First, we want to thank you for listening to the show <laughs> Sundays at 1 p.m. in the H. That's Houston, Texas on KPRC 950 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to listen to us live on Sundays, you can also just download the iHeartRadio app. It's free on both platforms, and you can go to the KPRC 950 channel to listen to us Sundays at 1 p.m. Um, and if you miss us and you just want to catch us later, they upload our... Uh, radio show to a podcast uh, every Sunday, which is Relevant Recovery Radio. So you can go to iHeartRadio and just search it. And soon to come, uh, if I can get some downtime, I know I have some coming in November no matter what, so I will do this by the end of November. But Heather and I are going to go to two other, add it to two other platforms. Yeah. Uh, And so that'll be cool. Yeah, absolutely. So what you were alluding to is why you and I are about three quarters to a half here today. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired. Well, you had you had to get up early. So our week is good. Our marriage is good. Uh, have I made you Speak angry for this yourself. week? Have, have I made you angry this week? <laughs> uh, you may be angry on the way here. Anything we need to work out? No, we're fine. I'll get over it. What did I, how did I make you angry on the way here? You were just talking to me a lot. <laughs> so it's one of those days. <laughs> so I just well, I was present. Yeah, I'm breathing. Yeah. You know, but here's the deal. So this morning, uh, wait, I had wait, to get wait, up wait. early. What? But you had to get up early yesterday. Yeah, I had a cool so event to go to yesterday. That's two days in a row that you broke your routine. This is what I want to get at because you have a very definite routine. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like my routine. I'm a creature of habit. And these last two mornings, I had to get up in the 4.30-ish a.m. section. And I usually don't. And you normally are up like, what, around 7? Seven. Seven. Yeah. Uh, what is your routine? You get up at seven, <sighs> restroom, coffee, yeah, all that, thing. and then you'll sit prayer, and do prayer meditation. meditation for how long? About 20, 30 minutes. And then bathroom? Plot uh, the world's demise <laughs> at my hands for the day. <laughs> and then God unleashes me on Houston. On on the world. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> all right. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Heather and Donnie Mosier on Relevant Recovery Radio.
Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio with your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Today's episode is sponsored by Cocaine Cold Brew. <laughs> Donnie's Cocaine Cold Brew. I don't like that you say that because people might think that you're really doing cocaine or something. They don't not know you're kidding. You're just drinking coffee. Well, but it's like amped up extra caffeine cold brew coffee. So it's in your mind. I've had two and a half cups this morning and I'm still tired. I want to go home and take a nap. I could blast off right now. You're just very sensitive to caffeine. So the reason that you are um, not a good person today, <laughs> I think that's what you were trying to say earlier. I'm just, I'm just elaborating on what you were saying, is the reason that you're not a good human being today. Because I had to get up early for you. You had to get up twice in a row prior to 7 and break your routine. Today, I had to get up. Well, I've been up since 2 a.m. And so we record on Fridays at 1. I've been up since 2 a.m., I had to do a colonoscopy this morning, go. which means that I had to drink some uh, Drano last <laughs> some night. Pipe Drano. Some pipe Drano last night, and at two a.m. Uh, and going into it, I was a little bit nervous, only because here's the thing: in my mind, what I hate is that I'm naked on a table and there's 15 people standing around you. I don't like that. Right? Yeah. Once you go under, See, I don't mind that part. And I figure that <laughs> you're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and I figure that the nurses are just pulling my robe back and pointing at my thing and laughing. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's what I think is going on. <laughs> no, I mean, there's that little bit of nervousness. They want me to get a colonoscopy because I'm 51. And it's like, we know people that have had one and had cancer removed or had to have a bowel reduction or, you know what I mean? There's, there's so many possibilities. And mm -hmm. so I was a little bit nervous, like, okay, what are they going to find? But like a 50-50, 50 was, what are they going to find? 50 was... I. I feel pretty good about my health. It's a weird thing. Mm -hmm. I when you look at me, I don't look healthy, <laughs> but I feel pretty good about my health, spiritually or physically. Uh, hey, You're sick, sick. Some are sicker than others, Donnie. But yeah, so you had to get up and you had to be there for me this morning so that I could there, get like to him from. Had to be there like 6 a.m. to take you. Anyway, so that's why we're tired. But here's the good news. Good news is you're. They found clean a couple of I don't know two what, little polyps. Two little, and he even said tiny polyps. He's not concerned. It's no big deal. Um, I wish I could show you pictures no. uh, on the radio because not, it's pretty. And I'm I not a, uploading that to Facebook I have either. A, I have Don't a pretty colon. Let's just say me. this. Um, um, but it's good that even in sobriety, we have to do things that keep up with our health and like yeah. adulting type things, right? Right. And which brings us to our topic today. Yeah, spiritual I don't know how. I don't know how, but today's topic is what happens when addiction is removed, but self-reliance isn't? Yeah, I want to talk about what we mean by spiritual whack-a-mole. What, what happens when one addiction is removed but self-reliance isn't? Mm -hmm. Something will need to take the addiction's place. Mm -hmm. Things like food, sex, shopping, gambling, work, gym, church. Mm -hmm. It's it's almost anything that you're going to replace it with. And this sort of falls it, in line with what we talked about. But any of those things can be problematic. Sure. But this is going to fall in line with where we left. So last week we talked about food. food addictions and food problems, which is very, very common for people that get sober. Yeah. Very common is people will come in to the rooms uh, skinny, broken, not looking well, but within uh, six months or a year. I mean, they look well, but they've put on 20, 30 pounds. Yeah. Because what's happened, unbeknownst to them, is that they have switched from... But you're looking at it from just a gaining weight uh, 
issue. And so, but like, okay. let's talk about you specifically then, because what you're meaning, you're you're being broad in your generalization with the food issue. When you got sober off alcohol, you put on like a hundred pounds I put in on, two years. I, you are very uh, exaggerative. And you weighed like four hundred pounds exa- when you were when you were two years sober. Uh, when I got sober, I was probably two eighty, and by the end of Two years sober, I was around 340. And our point, it's not about the size or this exact I was very unhealthy. And so all I'm saying is when you got sober, you only removed the alcohol. And then you behaved uh, in self-reliance with food for those first two years. But then at two years sober, you had your surgery. You changed your whole eating lifestyle. So that was stripped from you. And so at at four and a half years sober, what did you switch to? Uh, women. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what I'm talking about. And so like- The jury's still out on that. It may work. <laughs> no. I met you in that period. So, yeah, you know, God, God, uh, can, take, God can take what you use for evil for good, you know? Uh, he blessed you with me. And so- Okay. So when we come in to any 12-step program, where when we're looking at an addiction, something that has become a problem- Mm-hmm. The reason we are there is because we are in self-reliance. I don't care what your belief in God is. I don't care. I don't care if it's a belief that there is no God, a belief that maybe, who knows, I've never thought about it, or I am religious. I don't care. The central problem is self-reliance and selfishness. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I come in to a 12-step program. I get a sponsor. I work the steps that addiction is removed, why then do I start seeking other things? So for a lot of us, myself included. And, and do I know I'm seeking it? Or no, is it, okay. a lot of times it's subliminal. And so what happens when we remove one behavior or substance from our life, we may have some freedom around that for a while, mm-hmm. um, but generally, and myself included, other things will start to pop up. That's why I call it spiritual whack-a-mole. Right. And so it's like when I got sober, yeah, uh, and I worked the steps initially that first time, yeah, me and God whacked down heroin and alcohol, mm-hmm. okay? The SUD was, you know, down, substance use disorder, for anyone doesn't know the treatment acronyms. Um, but what quickly popped up was seeking contentment from the opposite sex. Validation from seeking men. Seeking validation. And so um, my first several months of sobriety... Uh, I behaved very poorly in that area, and mm-hmm. but it was like a very um, short-lived path because God really held me accountable to make some changes right away. He had a path for you. He had plans for you. But I'll even say like, so at three months sober, God and I whacked that down. But but here's what I want to ask you is if you got sober from Heron, mm-hmm. um why did you seek that validation? What were you replacing? Well, here's, how, here's the way I will word it. Yeah. Because I wasn't fully spiritually fit yet, um, I was still seeking ease and comfort by secular or worldly things. Okay, so wait, pause right there. That's what I wanted to hear, ease and comfort. Mm-hmm. So what happens is that I am in a constant state of discontent, discontented. And discomfort. Emotionally. I, I went my, most of my life that way, discontent, discontented. Which, by the way, I'll just say is the nature of the human condition. Correct. <laughs> well, and so that's why we're talking to such a broad audience. It's not yeah. just about drugs and alcohol. No, 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 no. Let's say that food is your problem, and then you get a handle on that. The problem still exists in, in you that mm-hmm. you're discontented, so you begin to seek 
comfort. Mm-hmm. So you sought comfort in the validation of men. Mm-hmm. When I first got sober, I sought comfort in food, mm-hmm. right? Because when I would eat certain things, dopamine would be rela- released and I would get that comfort. Right. Um, how does seeking things like shopping and gambling, is it the same thing? I think so. And so like for anyone listening, uh, I've watched you and I know your history too, by the time I met you in your sobriety, when I met you, you had $77,000 in consumer credit debt when I met you and you, you racked that up in sobriety. In sobriety. In sobriety. I was debt free when I got sober, Um, which is crazy. And so we got to take a look at that. Like, um, I've helped a lot of different sponsees and stuff that maybe have um, uh, an issue with gambling or even just down to like lottery tickets. Like, mm-hmm. there's lots of scenarios where someone is struggling to like pay their light bill or buy Christmas gifts for their kids, but they'll still go get those lottery tickets. Right, right. And they don't understand that they the don't addiction understand piece of it. The addiction piece of it. And they don't understand the spiritual ramifications of staying in that behavior. And what's the danger of this? What could it lead to? It can definitely lead to a relapse on whatever substance you were trying to stay off of. Okay. But bare minimum, you're going to kind of stay stuck in this cycle where you may spend decades spinning your wheels, switching between you know weight loss and men and sex or shopping, and then it may morph into food, or then it may morph into you know workaholics or the obsession with the gym or plastic surgery. There's lots of ways that these can morph. Because here's the deal. I don't, well, I know that we have to take a break pretty soon. And so I want to share this when we get back because a lot of people don't understand cross addiction. Right. So when we come back, we're going to talk about some examples. We're going to talk about how you get there and how you don't even know that you're there. No. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with the relevant. I can't. You still got that propofol in you, don't you? Relevant Recovery (laughs) Radio, Heather and Donnie Moser. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio with your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosier on this beautiful Sunday afternoon. See that? See how I'm forecasting what it's going to be like when they play this? And uh, I want to plug Matthew Soap real quick um, because I always forget in the fourth segment. So I'll go ahead and do it in the third segment. Yeah, (laughs) you might as well. (laughs) This this show, radio show, is sponsored by the Matthew Soap Foundation. Um, We're switching gears and moving our detox to a new location, but we are ramping up all kinds of incredible services at the outpatient clinic, which is in the 29610 area on the Northwest Loop. Um, And so if you or a loved one wants any information about peer support, recovery coaching, microcurrent neurofeedback, or mental health counseling, give us a call at either 346-980-3530 or 844-AND-HOPE. That's 844-263-4673. Okay, so today what we're talking about is... Spiritual whack-a-mole. Spiritual whack-a-mole. What happens when I think I have one addiction under control? But something else comes up. That's right. And the problem is, is that if I'm still in self-reliance, yeah, something else is going to pop up. So let me. And people, by the way, play whack-a-mole for, for years. Year, for the rest of their life. Some people never find freedom around this spiritual whack-a-mole cycle. But I want to say something in this third segment because this is what I was going to say before we went to the break. And because I want to set this up in a certain way. Okay, go ahead. A lot of people might use a certain terminology to describe this that I would never use. <laughs> oh, you actually specifically talked about this other way, and you're like, I'm going to mention this because it gets on your last nerve. Yeah. I, but 
We don't mean this mean to anyone. This is just something we've observed. It's a, it's a poor understanding of the problem. Correct. Go so ahead. a poor understanding of the problem is when someone says, oh, I just have an addictive personality. Right. Oh, is, I just is have that a, even a condition? And um, I mean, maybe the DSM-5 would say that it is, but the DSM-5 also deletes any spiritual component out of everything. So here's what I want to say about cross-addiction. What is the DSM-5 for our well, non- Diagnostic Statistic Manual. It's, it's how uh, medical and clinical di- uh, diagnose something. Okay, go ahead. Um, and so obviously there's no spiritual aspect in anything in that. So right. it will delete that out it's of the equation. It's all synthetic. Go ahead. And so my point is- Here's some examples. I've met tons of people that will say uh, things like, well, I quit heroin 20 years ago. And I'm like, but Susan, you've been drinking alcohol for 20 years. I'd like to say that I hate Susan, by the way. Listen, Linda. Okay. And, you know, and Linda might say, well, oh, I quit drinking 10 years ago. Well, now you got a problem with benzos. Right. Or, or maybe someone, you know, Fred, you know, let's just say Fred. The, the most common, the most common that I see is Jerry Jimrat. Yeah. Dudes come in, they get sober, uh-huh. and immediately they're in the gym. Three nights a week. Two hours a day. <clears throat> and they get so obsessed with their appearance and self-reliance. Right. Um, maybe they even end up using steroids. Yeah. Well, and that's then, an and inevitable then, and then relapse, maybe too. in couple months they're on drugs or drinking again and they right. don't understand what happened right and and so we got to look i don't believe in the language or the understanding addictive that, personality of addictive personality do you not think that i have an addictive personality what would here's, you say that how, i have instead? here's how i describe it instead this is what i want to hear i think people including myself are that spiritually sick that, that spiritual illness manifests itself in various vices Okay, so elaborate on that. It's not an alcohol problem. It's not a heroin problem. It's not a cheesecake problem. It's not a lottery ticket problem. It's a spiritual problem. Keep going. I like it. <laughs> I like the direction. Keep going. And so here's the deal. If I'm when I'm spiritually fit and I've had different chunks when? of When? I just keep asking God, when is she gonna be spiritually fit? When I'm spiritually fit, what I notice is I don't entertain those behaviors. Amen. And what I notice is I have true freedom from all of those things when I'm fully trusting and relying on a higher power. True story. Um, but I'm selfish. And so Amen. <laughs> I get selfish again. Yeah. And what happens over time, and it, it erodes slowly. I don't even notice that my self-centeredness is returning. And, and so over time, maybe weeks, maybe months, maybe a year, all of a sudden, what's really painful in my awareness is I got a big issue in my life again. Mm-hmm. And so I really got to take a step back and look at the weeks or months leading up to this issue. And where did it start? Where did I start ignoring God around my personal life? Because we're supposed to practice these spiritual principles in all of our affairs. And so in other words, I'm not spiritually fit if I'm not drinking or doing drugs, but I go home and kick my dog. So let's talk about... Because, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like this yeah. anger issue, that's still not emotionally well. There's still a spiritual whack-a-mole game happening. For those that either are in the rooms or out of the rooms, when we talk about self-reliance, first, I would like you to either... I'm just going to be like the guider of the show today because you're on a roll, even though you said that my cocaine cold brew doesn't affect you. It evidently does. Um, I could take a nap right now. You could take a nap after you've taken two naps. <laughs> All right, so... Self-reliance. Here's what I love about the path you're taking because I'm following along. I got sober, and then I went after food. Mm-hmm. 
I took care of food. Then it was buying things and shopping. Mm -hmm. Ran my credit debt, credit card debt, y'all. Credit card debt up to $77,000. crazy. Got that under control. Then it was a porn addiction. Wait, wait, it was you just... didn't get that under control. You married me and I paid it off. Do I do that today? No, no, you don't. So would you say that it's under control? I would say, yeah, you're relying on God for that today for sure. Yeah, you shut your tiny mouth over there, <laughs> Oklahoma. <laughs> All right, so <clears throat> this path I've walked. Now I want you to elaborate on what self-reliance is. So here's how I would describe. What does it look like in a guy like me's life? I'm not going to describe what it looks like yet. I'm going to describe what I mean and what it is. You better hurry. This segment going to end by the time you get around to it, Oklahoma. Self-reliance is when you're making decisions in your life every day based on how you think or how you feel. Give me an example. Um, I want McDonald's for dinner. Mm -hmm. I want to speed and uh, break the speed limit. Wait, let's go. Let's I, go into that. Hold on, let's go into that because I've watched it. Uh, it's the end of the day. You're tired. You don't want to fool with dinner. You don't want to. You know that fast food is killing you. Yeah. Take me through that process at the end of the day when you're making the decision based on self. My my based on self is I choose laziness and convenience mm -hmm. over what I know is healthy and God's will for me. I ignore God and I go ahead and go to the drive thru. When your husband has already cooked a lot of food that's sitting in the fridge where you just got to heat it up. It's all meat. It's all meat. And what did you tell me the other day while you were eating two pies in bed watching it a nutrition salads. show? First of all, go back to last week's episode and hear about the two salads that I had in bed. Um, but no, no, this I said is, I might need to go back to keto again because but, I'm sick of feeling tired. But, but you this have is to apropos. get hold on. pain. No, hold on. This is apropos. This, this fits. You know that it's God's will for you to eat better because of how you feel. Yeah. This garbage run that you've been on for two years, you're not feeling right. Like your blood's okay, your health seems to be okay, but you're tired, you're irritable. You're, there's things going on that you know is caused by food. Mm -hmm. So you know it's not in your best interest or in God's will probably for you to eat that so way. So self-reliance is when I choose to behave within my character defects. Self-reliance is when uh, I'm lazy. Self-reliance is when um, I go for convenience, not inconvenience. You so, make that decision based on how you think and feel versus how God may. Okay, so now. So I lived my whole life uh, in that space not knowing that I wasn't in God's will. Mm -hmm. uh, I decided who I wanted to marry. I decided how house I wanted to buy. How many kids did I want to have? Where did I want to work? Like, All based on the delusion that any of those things were going to make you happy. I'm just saying I didn't even think. Uh, so have you thought about the fact that literally you're in the space today hmm. that you are seeking ease and comfort through the garbage food that you eat? Yeah. How does that make you feel? What does that make you think about? It, it should make me feel uncomfortable. I think I'm too tired today to really care because <laughs> I've been up since four. Um, but yeah, that's why I communicated to you. I think I need to go back to keto because I'm starting to speak what's in my mind into existence for accountability, for uh, encouragement from those mm -hmm. around me um, because a lot of times I know that change does not occur because a person decides to snap their fingers and be different right mm -hmm. um, I need a support system I need advice I need encouragement I need help and I need a pathway to find out how to become willing to listen to God's will for me and to be willing to seek it and follow it because I know that I shouldn't have fast food every night I know that that's not healthy um, and, and, and so I, I know the logic, but I weigh that ease and comfort. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to choose ease and comfort. 
And so in the next segment, I think we're going to talk about what solution looks like. But here's what needs to begin to happen. And this is what I hear you going through. Truth. What begins to happen, and let's talk about my four and a half sober period when I was seeking validation of women, Mm -hmm. is that I had to begin to look at it honestly. And here's the honesty around it. The honesty is that it was electrifying to begin talking. It was electrifying to, to text. It was electrifying. Like there was a ramp up period that was electrifying. There's an, uh, an immediate on, on, gratification is yes. what you're saying. It, but it was electrifying and it was giving me esteem and validation, all these things. But then when everything was done, I felt horrible. Shame, regret, guilt, all of those things. That's how I felt after those salads. And then... Weeks would pass or a week would pass and I forgot all about that. So I was operating under a delusion, a mm-hmm. lie that I was telling myself that this was going to be, I was going to get satisfaction you, and happiness you out you, of this. You get to a point where you're not believing that it's okay anymore. You know it's a delusion that it's okay to do this. Correct. Yeah. So that that is what it looks like. All right. So when we come back, we are going to get in the solution, y'all, and talk about what God Reliance looks like. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Relevant Recovery Radio. Welcome back to Relevant. <laughs> don't, don't sing, please. Okay. Relevant Recovery Radio, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Welcome back. Today we are talking about what happens when one addiction is removed but self-reliance isn't. Yeah. Um, and, and what happens typically is that we end up back in the original addiction. That's literally what happens. A lot of times and sometimes not. Sometimes it just morphs into other ones and new ones. That can also kill you. It's crazy like... Um, I, you know, through the detox the last two and a half years, there's so many people that would come in and be like, when I would talk about drugs or whatever, they're like, oh, no, no, I quit that 20 years ago. I quit that 10 years ago. But they're doing something else. They're doing something else and they don't even see it. Right. They don't even see it. And I'm like, no, bro, you just switch from one thing to another. So then let's, let's give some examples from our lives, some personal Mm -hmm. I statement examples of, of, of I will. And I'll talk about the solution to it. You've had too much cold brew today. No, you're trying to set me up for a question. I was trying to answer you. I got to finish the setup, girl. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Listen, Oklahoma, with your tiny mouth. Nobody gets my midget jokes, I don't think. I don't know if you can say that on the radio, but okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So in the solution, what we're talking about is once you identify that something is yet again dominating your life, some, you're pouring in a whole bunch of attention into something under the delusion that it's going to bring satisfaction and happiness, what does it look like to begin seeking God around that, seeking different? So I got to a place where a behavior that I was acting in was, Be specific. A, was offensive to me. Be specific. I will. Okay. So once the behavior was offensive to me, let me back up and say, if a behavior is not offensive to you yet, that means you're not convicted on it yet. There's no hope for any freedom yet. Right. You got to be convicted gonna, first. Yeah. So whatever. You got to be in pain. You got to be in pain. The touch point. <clears throat> what does it say? The pain t- is the, the touchstone of all spiritual growth. That's it. And it's we find that to be and true. And so um, when I was about almost three months sober, maybe two and a half months sober, Um, Every girl that I lived in sober living with for the last year and a half was very aware that I had uh, a poor behavior with men. Okay. You were sleeping around. Mm -hmm. You was hoeing. (laughs) Wow. Okay. And um, 
I was seeking validation of any sort. And what that looked like early on was just sometimes like a, like on Facebook Messenger, I'd end up in like some flirting uh, propositional conversation mm-hmm. that I don't even know how I ended up in. Right. Or I'd end up like hanging out at a park doing things that I just didn't even want to do and I didn't know why I was doing it. Right. And it wasn't like an isolated incident. But and there's so, almost like a subconscious thought leading into it that there's going to be satisfaction and happiness delivered at the end of this. I don't know. It's operating in the background. We didn't even know it was it the immediate payoff. The like it was it was the immediate payoff of the attention I liked. Okay. I, but it was subconscious. Yeah. I didn't know why I was doing it. Um, so when I was about two and a half, almost three months sober, um, I came home from that poor behavior. Went back home to the sober house, and I remember sitting in the floor of the sober house bedroom, crying, praying what, to what God. What were you feeling, right? Like, what was lots your lots of shame, lots of guilt, lots of regret, and I was really disgusted with myself. And um, and I was reading page seventy from our literature, and I was crying, and I, I and because it says that if the, your behavior continues, you're sure to drink again. Um, and it, but if you're not sorry and your behavior continues, you're sure to relapse. But if you are sorry, God will forgive you and you'll learn your lesson and, mm-hmm. and improve. And so that was the first moment in my whole life that I remember feeling complete regret for who I was being, how mm-hmm. I was being. And I really wanted to be different and I wanted God to help me be different. And so I cried out to God and asked him to help me be different. And I was like, what do you want from me? Because here's what I knew. I just somehow knew it in my gut that I wasn't going to get to stay sober if I continued doing this other thing. Right. And, and it was sexual behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so um, I said to God, like, what do you want from me? And he answered me, not audibly, but like in my mind, in my heart. And he said, don't don't date or have sex for three months. And Ooh. I and I answered God out loud. And I said, how? And he did not answer me anymore. And so what I did is, again, ca- accountability and honesty and transparency. So I, you did what you can do I to follow that do. command that's not going to be easy and you don't even want to do I it. I knew I could not achieve that on my own willpower. Okay. I needed help. And so I went to my girlfriends in the sober house and I went to my 12-step sponsor and I said, here's what I've been doing. They're like, we know. <laughs> and I was like, here's what God's asking me to do and I need help. I gave them my cell phone. I said, you respond to them for me. And then like later when I got my phone back, I, they helped me set boundaries. And like I remember my sponsor, I, if someone texted me or messaged me, I would screenshot it, send it to her. And she would verbatim send me back a reply of what to copy and paste as my response. She mm. was teaching me and showing me how to set boundaries and how to be polite with my boundaries. Was it uncomfortable for you? It was super uncomfortable. And I asked them, don't let me go anywhere with guys. Don't let me go to meetings with guys. Don't let me sit with guys. Don't let me go to the meditation thing at the guy's sober house. I said, help me. Help me, help me, help me. And so these women surrounded me and took shifts, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, being with me and helped me. And I did the three months uh, and I got so close to women and God that it radically changed me from the inside. And that issue has never returned. So when you were in this hoe behavior. I don't know that you can say that, dude. Yeah, I think you can. Okay. Yeah, when you were. You were getting your validation from men. Now, as you walked this uncomfortable path, mm-hmm. what was the result? Where were you getting that I had, validation I from? spent time um, researching and learning and growing in my identity of who God says I was. And mm-hmm. I, had, I knew I needed to figure out how God saw me and where my self-esteem should be. What purpose was I created for? How do I walk with like grace and dignity and self-respect? What's my bar, you know? And, and you started, but you're looking at now, what does God think of me? What does God think of me? Which um, means also that if I'm in that mode, I don't care what others think of me, humans. But here's what I, I mean, want to say real first, quick. you do it first, but yeah, you get over it. I got to do some cleanup here real quick because I'm making fun. People don't know us personally, but 
when I say ho, I'm making fun. So let's talk about my journey real quick because I, I want to be sure that I'm not. Because you were in a worse spot than me at five years sober with the same behavior. That's what I was going to say is so I get sober in 2013. By 2015, I've gained 60 pounds and I'm 340 total. Um, but by then when you 20, lost all the weight. By 2017, I replaced the food problem with a sex problem and I was in a marriage and fooling around. Yeah. Uh, being a hoe. And the, the um, issue is is that you had lost wait, all that weight, and so that esteem was new and very right. enticing for you. But hold on. But if actually we skipped a part. Mm. I get sober in 2013. I almost eat myself to death by 2015. 2015 to 2017, I'm spending money. You get angry at my cigar allowance per month sometimes. You get upset about it. Back then, I was hitting cigar numbers at around 1400 a month. Mm. Imagine the panic you would have had. So my spending was outrageous. And then when, so I get the food under control, I get the spending, well, well look, you go, I get the alcohol under control, I get the, the food under control, I get the spending under control, and then I go after women and then So that's just, just why we're calling this spiritual whack-a-mole. <coughs> you should be able to look at, and this is a human condition, it doesn't have to be drugs and alcohol, at look at your own life, self-reflect with some self-honesty and let's look at what patterns are emerging. But what I want to talk about is the only time, so I have all of them. I have all of them. I have everything. Like, if everybody makes fun of me, right? Matt calls me diehard Donnie. Others call me extreme, right? And, and they do rightly so because I am. If anything's worth doing 100%, I'll do it 1,000. Mm -hmm. This whack-a-mole that we talk about is truly a game I've been playing my whole life. But the only time today, and I promise you, the only time when all of this is under control um. I have not had the compulsion to drink or drug in over 10 years. Mm -hmm. I've had a couple of moments in my sobriety that were brought on by other behavior where I wanted to drink because mm -hmm. I was not living right. But the only time when none of these things plague me is when all of my energy and thought is going toward God. Mm -hmm. When I am putting or everything- Or at least pause and just say a, a spiritual way rather than a self-centered way. No, I'm not going to because that is... I think is, it'll reach more people if you'd use that language. Some people listening don't believe in God. Okay, then whatever it is they believe in, right? Sunflowers, the universe, Mother Nature, I don't care. Mm -hmm. For me, it's Jesus, right? right? For me, it's Christianity. But when I'm putting all of my energy toward God to, to seek and please God, I don't need validation from human beings. I don't need validation from anything in this world external of my human form. I don't need any of it. My validation is an internal mm -hmm. that comes from God. And suddenly I can walk in peace, comfort, contentment. Suddenly I don't need any of those things to be happy. And I'm finding joy, peace, and love, and contentment. And who knew? Yeah. Right? True freedom is possible. Thank you for listening today. And don't forget, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. Yep, and don't forget our Facebook and Instagram page. Leave us a message. Hey, if we ever say something you don't like, let Heather know about it. <laughs> yeah, please. That'd be great. We appreciate you listening to Relevant Recovery Radio today. Hashtag God, though. <laughs>